Are you ready to step into your power? If so, I want to tell you about my brand new one-to-one mentorship program, Powerhouse. Power stands for productivity, organization, wealth, energy, and relationships. The five things that I teach my clients to help them step into their fullest potential. So if you are tired of playing small, ready for change, and want to excel in these five areas, go to jenniferfordberry.com and sign up for a free application call to see if you are ready to be a powerhouse. Welcome to the Make Room Show, formerly titled The 29-Minute Mom. I am your host, Jennifer Fordberry, certified professional organizer, best-selling author, and coach. I have spent the last two decades teaching women how to get organized so that they can free up more space, time, energy, and money. This podcast is for the woman who wants to make room in her home and in her life for the people and the things that matter the most. Each week, I am bringing you episodes that will help you feel less overwhelmed and more inspired to create the life that you deserve. So come on, girl, let's do this together. Welcome back to the Make Room Show. I'm so excited that you're here today to hear my special guest. We are going to be talking about a little annoying word that a lot of us ladies can relate to. That word is called worry. So today I have my guest, Carrie Eichberger, who is the author of the new book, Win Over Worry. And if you're watching this on video, you can see the cover right here. And it's Conquer What Shakes You and Soar with the One Who Overcomes. So welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. It's exciting to talk about this fun little word. I know this like word that we wish didn't happen, but we know Uh that it does. So I'm excited because, um, when I received a copy of your book, I have to be honest and tell you that I have gone through this weird season of worry that I find very odd to me because I tended to not be a worrier when my kids were little. And now that my kids are older and going off to college, I have had this crazy nagging worry about driving. Okay. Mm. And it's very irrational and I've given it tons of thought. And so when I saw the cover of your book, I was like, yes, I need to win over worry with the driving thing. And I know as moms, especially, we all have this one little thing that kind of gets to us, right? It's like, well, I can handle these 10 things over here, but this one worry can really keep me up at night. So I'm so happy to talk to you. I think this book is going to help so many women. And I want to just make sure that everybody remembers the name of this book, which we'll say a couple of times from the show, but it's called win over worry and you must look it up. So first of all, congratulations on your first book. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. And you are from Louisville, Kentucky. Did I say that right? You said it. There's so many ways to say it. That'll work. (laughs) I remember I used to say it Louisville. And then I was visiting there a few times with my best friend, Cynthia Pyfram. So she listens to the show. She's from Frankfurt and we used to go by um, Louisville and she would, I think she says that even funnier. I think she says like Louisville or something with a twang that New Yorkers can't figure out. So, (laughs) 
Um, and tell us, Carrie, tell us the ages of your kids. Yeah. So I have five kids. Um, they are age ranges. I have a son who's 16 and then I have four girls that are 14, 12, and then I have twins that are five years old heading to kindergarten this year, which is Aww. exciting for all of us. Yeah. So we have a, we're a busy household. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So what made you want to write a book about worry? Oh goodness. So this is a really interesting kind of story. And I say that because I would have never dreamed I would have written a book about worry because I felt like I was like a so-called like labeled worrier pretty much my entire existence. And um, I hit a point that when I had, after I had my first three kids, I pretty much felt like I'd hit a wall. I was maxed out with worry. You know, the more responsibilities sometimes in life, the more piles up and the more things we have to worry about. And I felt like I can't take any more. If I put anything else on my plate, then um, they're gonna explode from worry, anxiety standpoint. Um, but God had other plans for me. And, um, I was actually, you know, he relieved a lot of that and really just my own journey of seeking him, um, and finding resolution, which I really get into in the book. Mm -hmm. But, um, someone once told me if you are one step ahead of somebody, you can help them. And I thought, and I always sort of like, kept that little nugget in the back of my mind. So when the day came as I had begun, begun my writing journey and I really want to serve women where they were and wh where their struggles were. Um, so I asked, what do you struggle with? And I, I pulled my audience and gave them several options, reluctantly putting worry out there. And wouldn't you know, that was their number one um, area of interest for just to, ha to have help and resolution. And I thought, okay, great. This is funny, God, you know, now you want me to write about something that's also a struggle for me. But like I said, I realized I had made progress and it, I hadn't really thought about exactly, you know, how it all started and what sort of, how, what exactly did I do to make that change? But um, I realized there was, there was so much and I had come so far, which is a lot of the reason why I then opened my heart to having that one more baby that ended up being two. <laughs> but um so anyway, I, I really wanted to serve people. I wrote, I decided to write this book because one, I wanted to help other people and also realized that, um, you know, a lot of people want to talk to someone who's been in the trenches with them and who can relate and, and can say, Hey, I've been there and I, I have, I've found a way out. Um, I see the light and I want to help you to that light as well. So that was, that was me. So I became more and more passionate as I made the decision to write the book researched more about it, um, looked back at my journey and really discovered, and my eyes were open to how far God had brought me. And even then more so as I wrote this message and I was asking him to reveal more and more, um, I continued to gain more ground, so to speak, and continue to win over this big beast um, throughout the process. So yeah, that's sort of in a nutshell, what kind of led me to writing about it and why I'm so passionate about it. Yes. And that's what we want to use today to kind of, if somebody's listening to the show right now and they're thinking, yes, that's me, but I want to learn today how to overcome it. We're going to get into that for sure. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really stuck out to me, obviously being that I am, um, super into anything that has to do with clutter is mm -hmm. a quote you have on page 45 that says the more we can dump out and store 
or I'm sorry, and stare at the gunk and junk, the better we can properly place the clutter and set up the win. Now, I love this because basically in this chapter, you start to talk about worry versus thoughts. Mm -hmm. So let's, um, let's dive a little bit into that for a second, because when you're talking about dumping all the junk out, to me, that is the same as mental clutter and worry Mm -hmm. is mental clutter, right? Mm -hmm. But we can't usually control what thoughts are coming in and out of our, our head. We can only control how long we let them stay there. And the more they camp out, the more that those thoughts turn into worry. Right. 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 So let's talk a little bit about worry versus thoughts. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's what we do with that thought. So that thought it's worry to me is essentially a, an absence of a peace in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if you, whatever it is you're thinking about causes you to feel uneasy or uncertain, or it starts to make you feel anxious or starts to make you want to like manipulate your surroundings, your circumstances, um, miss out on life, avoid things, um, or just go into control mode, take over what real is rightfully God's. Um, it, it's not just like having that thought. It's in where, what do we do with that thought? And that's where worry really can start to creep in and snowball into our life and create more clutter, like you talk about, and then become, if we allow it to continue, can really snowball, escalate and turn into um, to just full-blown fear that can really start to overcome our life and just take away the goodness that God intended for us to live. And um, so, I mean, really, it's just a matter. I think that if any thought that you have causes you to, to, to lack peace, or um, just make you feel uneasy and, or turn into fear, which is the obvious one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting because I look at when I have like a negative thought or something that's bothering me, I look at this kind of like, I look at clutter in a home. So in Mm -hmm. my mind, right in my spirit, it's just me. It's just Mm -hmm. me and it's God. And it's up to me to clean it out and keep it clutter free. Nobody else can do that for me. So when there is a thought of fear or worry, and I've made the conscious conscious choice that I don't want to house those things right inside of this one man show. And I Mm -hmm. want to make sure that I'm thinking positive things and I'm not preventing my joy, my happiness and my peace. We can look at these negative thoughts and say, okay, there's another piece of clutter that I need to deal with. I need to let it go. So one of the things that you talk about in the book is just kind of like a, you call it a big brain bubble. And you're like dumping all of these things that cause us to mm-hmm. worry, which are, you know, negative thoughts and mm-hmm. you write them all down, which when I look at your bubble, you know, it's very similar to mine. It's very similar to many others. You know, you're, you're talking about anything from making friends, your connection with your spouse to a strained relationship, politics, health for your family, your happiness, upcoming doctor's appointment, paying bills, all the things we all, all we're responsible for these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want those things to go well. So you talk about dumping them all, which to me is the same as like decluttering your mind. So what have you found by doing this brain dump or doing this, you know, creating this big brain bubble, once you do the dump and you see it on paper, what do you do with it? 
Well, it's interesting, you know, talking about like things like decluttering your home and, and and like, what do we do when we declutter and we're trying to organize things as we like put them in larger categories. And that's essentially what we're doing here is we're taking all of the stuff and we might ask ourselves, since I'll pick a couple of them and just start there and say, why am I concerned about this? Why do I worry about this? And if you get down to the why, those things start to narrow down and you find similarities among them. And at the root of it, if we keep on going and I get there, like probably the next chapter or two in the book, if we keep on whittling down to the bottom of why are we concerned about this, then you'll find a couple fears at the bottom that really all of them tie back to. Mm -hmm. And if we can identify those two fears uh, or what, or either one, and we can like then tackle that with the truths that because these are just these are basically fears that are fears or lies. These are 100 percent lies. The enemy is feeding us that are false and we should not be believing. Um, so if we can find what those are and then we can apply the truth on top of it, it really can. It's sort of like in your mind, it makes it you realize it becomes almost like a smaller beast, even though it's still a really big beast when you only have like two things to attack. Um, we can really pinpoint and say, like, I can speak truth over each of these little worries. And whether it's the, the fear of helplessness in the situation, and I walk through how that is, um, what that looks like in each worry, or it's fear of being unworthy, feeling unloved. Um, and we can then tackle those with the truth, not tell people this, like if we 100% and I'm kind of like taking this, like big, all this stuff and putting it into this big picture. I'm looking at it from above and saying, if we could literally believe with all of our hearts that God is in control of, of, of this. And if he, we're not helpless because God is in control and he has the power over everything, the power to do anything. And as from, from an unworthy standpoint, he is perfect love. He loves us more than we can possibly imagine. If we believe that with all that we were, that he loves us, he's in control. Truly, we have nothing to worry about, which is easier said than done. But it really does take each of those individual little worries. And if you apply those two truths to them, it really does have the power to fizzle those out. And I really spend some time digging in deeper to those two truths in the book because I want to solidify those. Even though we say we believe that God loves us and we say we believe that God is in control, we we don't always live like that. And that's really our worry doesn't even doesn't speak that. But I want to help the, the reader solidify that the confidence in those two truths. So that takes some time. There's a whole process involved. But even just in the midst of like that worry and those fears, if you can just take those two truths and speak those truths over them, it has so much power to dissolve that right where it is. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I, I think when I was going through this fear, when my son started driving and had a license and he had to go train uh, 45 minutes away at a, a, a training facility for baseball, I was so scared to let him drive on the highway. And I thought, oh my gosh, he doesn't, he hasn't had his license long enough. And I was mm. getting like ridiculously worried about it. And mm. I kept trying to pinpoint it back. And I figured out that I had pinpointed back to losing a good friend of mine right at the beginning of college. It was a young guy, a year older than him driving recklessly and he passed mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would find myself, you know, praying like ridiculously to God, please keep him safe and this and this and this. And all of a sudden I finally started changing it to thank you for keeping him safe. 
and reminding myself in that one statement that God always keeps him safe, that he protects him. He looks out for him, that he's in control. Instead of feeling like I had to remind God to do that in prayer. I just, that little simple statement of thank you for always protecting him completely changed how I felt about him driving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. It's funny. You mentioned that my son, um, we just got back from a baseball game and, um, so he's, and he's just turned 16. So he will be driving, um, very soon. And I understand that worry and that fear. And I'm, 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 I'm thankful that I have these tools because I know that I'm going to need them going into it, but you're right. Sometimes just interjecting the truths on top of, or being thankful, like you said, that he has, it has been good and has been faithful, but you made an interesting point about the fear that you had and you could tie it back to an experience that somebody else had or that you had sort of witnessed and perceived that. And that's one point I make in the book is how we really learn a lot of this worry when we either from the, our own experiences or watching others. And again, these are just lies that the enemy wants us to believe. And, you know, the truth is that back, bad things do happen. And I think a lot of our worries come from that, that, that is a fact. And we see those things happen, but we also forget. And so if we have to even accept sometimes that bad things have happened to others, they could happen to us. I just sometimes have to remember, like you said, is that God is, God is not only there with us in those moments, but no matter what actually does happen, even if it's ever a worst case scenario, which is typically the least likely scenario. And we forget that too that God will be there with us. And that kind of goes down to the whole like helplessness piece, you know, and even if we like, what's our ultimate fear, um, something happening to a child or losing a child. And then what's the fear beyond that? It's like, I, you can't even imagine being able to breathe, you know, it's, it's, and I have to remind myself, no matter what, like we have to remember and believe that God is always there with us, there with them. And he is good. He is in control. Um, and, Sometimes those things that we imagine, we imagine these future scenarios without him present, but that's not true either. He is there. He will be there. And he does love us and have good plan for every situation and scenario that we can come up with. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, hard to wrap our, to our minds around, which is why we do worry about our kids because yeah. we just can't imagine, you know, that worst case scenario and how we would possibly deal with that. Um, so I want to switch gears for a little bit away from fear and toward joy, because you have a chapter, Mm -hmm. chapter eight, actually called overcoming dread and discontentment. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear what you say about discontentment, because I feel like a lot of our discontentment is because we're looking outside of ourselves to things or people to bring us joy. And it has nothing to do with it. Like if we keep doing that, we'll never be content. Right. Right. 100%. And so there's two, two pieces to this chapter that that really like, um, that I'm passionate about. One is the idea that we, because of worry, a lot of times we miss out on joy. We miss out on joy opportunities for joy, whether it's just because we're worried in the moment and we can't see what's right in front of us that God has given us some of the beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's because we're, we, we just avoid a situation altogether because we know that our worry is going to consume us and it's going to be uncomfortable. So those two things, um, you know, I believe if we can get rid of a lot of this worry and fear, then we can reinstate some joy into our lives. But also we talk about, we look to other things. Um, 
I went through a season last summer. It's funny. I was writing this chapter and it was so difficult. It's funny how God works like this. It's like all of a sudden I have this task before me to write about joy. And I was feeling zero joy in my life because I felt like my circumstances were less than joyful. And, but was interesting the way that this all transpired because it forced me to really find things that to be joyful about in the midst of my discontentment and in the midst of what was hard. And like you said, to seek outside of what the world has to offer really. So my um, sister-in-law's husband was, um, he had passed away last summer and while last summer he was sick and we were watching her boys struggle with his, um, his illness. And it was just the kids were all, it was just a really tough season. And I, I'm just, just thinking, I have no joy. Like God, where, where is, where is my joy right now it, when life is hard and I don't know if you are familiar with Ann Voskamp. I love her book, A Thousand Gifts. And I would just happen to be reading that at the time. And, and it, it was all about focusing on um, the little things, just being thankful for the little things. Yep. And that's what, and it so, sounds so simple, but it is so helpful. And I found when I can like, and I got, you know, the enemy does not want me to do that. He doesn't want me to focus on these little bitty things that I have to be joyful. But if you look, there's always something. And I remember just, you know, and she gets so detailed about it, but I remember thinking like, what, okay, what am I thankful for right now? I was just sitting there in my room and I'm thinking like, you know, the little pitter patter of like the, you know, the feet in the, in the kitchen. And, and it was, you know, just like the sunshine outside that day, or that I had a moment to like, actually just have a quiet moment to read and, and to breathe. Or, I mean, I don't know, but there's just, there's so many little things. I think it's just thankful. It's just sitting down sometimes and saying, what do I have to be thankful for? Because there is so much that we don't stop to thank God for in in a given moment, in a given day. It's so easy to get bogged down with what doesn't seem right when there really is still so much that is still good all around us. So I know as simple as that sounds, that's sort of it for me. It's focusing on um, the gratitude, but then also, like I said, it's as we really work on coping, dealing with our worry the right way, we can slowly relieve, um, we can open up to opportunities that allow us joy in our life also. Yeah, it's so true. There is a quote too I love on page 165, anticipating what might happen suffocates the enjoyment right out of moments, out mm-hmm. of life and leaves us hanging on to nothing but dread and disappointment. So there again, we're having to control our mind because if yeah. we're focusing on what might happen, yeah, we're spending all of our energy doing that rather than looking around and being present. Right. And, you know, it's so funny because again, I feel like, there's so many distractions, which distractions are another form of clutter, taking us away from the present experience. And if we were to just do a simple thing is decide that we want to become more present, we could use this little device that is distracting us all day, right? As an alarm (laughs) to focus on being Mm -hmm. present. So Mm -hmm. instead of checking your Instagram, set an alarm on your phone that says be present. And even if you do that five times a day, you're creating a new habit, right? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. can start to get you to be more thankful by focusing on the little things in front of you. Um, And it's just so sad because where was it? Um, Oh, I was watching this show last night and the person was, it's like kind of like a, it's, it's kind of a comedy, but it's this part sounds sad, but the one person in the show is, has 
um, terminal cancer. And she's sitting there and they're like having drinks and laughing about the, you know, like they're on vacation trying to take it all in before she passes away. And she says, if I knew I was going to die at this age, I would have done this, 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 and this, mm. and this. And it was like all these things where she would just put herself out there and live bigger yeah. and bolder. She didn't right. say I would have worried about this, this, and this, because right. she knows they're not going to happen. How much mm. energy and time do we spend mm. on, during our life wasting it on worry over things that never even happen? And you right. can, right. you know, when you're listening to this show right now, you can go back to a time where, oh, remember when I worried about this incessantly and it didn't even happen. What a waste <laughs> of time and energy, right? Yes, yes, so yes. think about that when you're going to pick worry over being present, you're giving mm -hmm. away your life. Those moments no. never come back ever. Mm -hmm. No. And we're assuming that we are in control. And that's the thing. It's like, we try to control these situations and these things when really it is not our control to begin with. And, and I will admit that is something that I to continue to struggle with. It's like, I I'm a doer uh, and I want to get things done. And I feel like if something is to be, it's up to me. And it's hard for people like that. They, mm -hmm. and I think we all sense you to want to control things. And we think that we are in control and we're really we're not. And that's um, when we can acknowledge that, like ultimately God's in control, we can relieve so much of this and enjoy so much more of our life and reinstate that joy. Oh my goodness. I wish I could just like wrap my arms around the extent of that truth. So true. And if you think about it, when you are a mom, moms, I mean, I work with 95% women. So I, I'm in a lot of homes and I'm coaching a lot of women and I'm seeing the intimate details of their life. And it's still a world where the majority of the time, the woman, the wife, the mom is planning out a lot of the daily activities, planning out upcoming events and holidays. And, you know, we're, we have a lot on our shoulders that we're responsible for. So we do mm -hmm. feel like we're in control, right? Because right. of those details, we are. And then we're forgetting that we're just like this little speck in the universe where a gazillion other things are going on. And guess what? Yeah. We're the sun's coming up every day. The birds are chirping. The weather is the weather. You know, your, your baby's turning into a 16 year old that drives with no say from you. So right. we're really right. not in control of everything. Like it's actually going pretty darn well with no help from us. Yes. And so yes. I think sometimes as, as you know, we become moms and life gets filled with more responsibilities. That's where we come up with this thing. Like we're running the show, but we're only running a little speck of the show. We're really not running the whole entire show. Um, so let's yeah. just, you know, enjoy what's coming to us. Um, okay. So there's just, there's so much in this book. You would have to like get it to really see it all yourself, but, um, let's talk about, the significance and obedience. Cause I think that, you know, I love, and I talk about on the show a lot about purpose and, you know, my purpose in life has been to teach people to not be a slave to things so that they can use their, their own energy and time for their purpose. But this word obedience, not mm -hmm. everybody likes this word. It's hard, right? It can, it yeah. can trip us up. We want these things, but do we want to be obedient? We want to be worry-free we all can agree to that, but tell us, Carrie, how do we get there by being obedient? You know, I use this word. Um, it was a big one to me. I, I hinted, talked about my kids and how I had three and then all of a sudden had five. And um, for me, that was 
an act of obedience, I'll say, because I was done having children. And like I said, I was worry maxed. <laughs> and, um, and at some point along the way, I started feeling like you know, talk about purpose. I feel like my purpose started to sort of fizzle out. And I just started feeling like I was lacking purpose. And I went through this journey of like really seeking, you know, God's will for my life and seeing like, you know, what, what, what does this mean? Why am I feeling this way? And I just started seeking him and seeking his, what he wanted me to do. And I kind of was like, okay, I'm open hands, open heart. Where are you, where do you want me? Uh, I know that's where I'm going to feel the most purpose is where you want me to be. And as I continued to journey um, and just grow in my relationship with the Lord, um, I started getting these little nudges, um, little like I say nudges. I didn't even know what it was at first, but it was like, you know, one thing led that I talk this whole thing in, in the book, but um, I started sensing like, God, are you telling me to have another baby? Like, no way. And my husband would die if I, if I admitted this out loud. But, um, I, you know, this was the whole process involved. But in the end, I, I really felt like loud and clear. He was like, no, this is what I want you to do. And it, even at first I was kicking and screaming, didn't want to do it. Um, but it's amazing to me how, when I finally felt like, um, and it took me, it took a lot of convincing, uh, um, to understand this was really what he was asking me to do because of all the signs and I needed a thousand signs. Um, but in walking in that obedience, so much purpose was opened up in my life and I, and it was a slow unraveling. And I say that, and, um, as I was walking there, I was, I was more, my worry started to sort of just be relieved from my life. Um, I felt like I was being blessed with just this confidence in where, what I was doing and where I was going. And I started to see the, this change, this transformation um, as I decided, okay, to, let's, uh, we'll have this baby. Then all of a sudden it was, you know, it was twins. And long story short, that's a lot of the reason why I'm writing today. And um, I've just, now that I look back, and this was years and years and years, so it wasn't a quick process, but now that I, I can look back and I see how each step along the way that I said yes to God, a new door was opened and I look back now and I'm just, I'm sort of wowed by where he has carried me and taken me and the purpose that's been instilled in my life. And then the new people that have opened up my life, the relationships, opportunities, um, you know, like I said, people, I've, I've met new people, new relationships, um, new children, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then what that did for other people in my life. And I've just seen this trickle effect all around me of um, just beauty that's opened up. So I just, I really believe when we um, walk in obedience towards what we're supposed to do and what God says, not what necessarily we want to do. There's just so much behind that and we can get past the what ifs. And that's a lot of what worry does just, it always has this questioning. Well, what if this, and what if that, and we are afraid to do these things because of what we think that we know, what we think is going to happen. But um, you know, God has the power to change any of that and open up all these doors. And I just, uh, I would just encourage anybody to, to be, um, to be open, to walk, take those steps. If they're feeling called towards something to really walk obediently towards those things, because there's just so much, um, life that is, that's behind all these opportunities that, um, that God is really pulling us towards. Yes. Life is happening for us, right? Yes. And I think that if we get out of the way, that's when we can see the plans that we could not imagine for ourselves, which I believe purpose is something that was deep inside of you when you were born, but then you almost forget about it, but it was really 
the intention behind your life. And if you get rid of the distractions in, you know, AKA the worrier, AKA the mm-hmm. clutter, it will free up your mind to see the new available possibilities. Um, and that's an exciting thing because sometimes yes. the plan is, looks nothing like what we thought it was going to be. Exactly. Yes, and that's a good thing. You. Yes. You're right. Um, okay. So this book again, win over worry, make sure you get a copy. If this is something that you're struggling with. Um, I don't know a mom out there that doesn't deal with worry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I told my sister that when she became a mom, I said, get ready to, you know, turn into mom. We used to call my mom the worry wart. And uh-huh. uh, I was like, yeah, why is she worried so much? And then you become a mom, you know why. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, so yeah, it's a great book for any mom to pick up, a great gift idea. And if they want to find out more about you, Carrie, where should they go? Well, you can go to my website, kerrieikeberger.com. I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. Um, yeah, and, and so my and my book's on Amazon. I, I hope that everybody is, you know, touched by this message. And like you said, I think that anybody, as much as we don't want to admit it at times, um, there's worry woven through every, so many aspects of our life, every day, sometimes every moment, mm-hmm. especially like you said, for us moms mm-hmm. uh, and every season, every season, there are different worries and they can right. catch us off guard. And we think we've conquered one thing and then something else pops up and it's never ending. Right. And I love the title because it gives you hope that you can win over worry. You yes, don't have to be yes. stuck feeling like worry is overwhelming you. So if, you know, if this episode is something that you feel that has helped you dive into the book, there's so much valuable information in it that will help you on this journey. And thank you, Carrie, for all the work you're doing to help women. And thank you for being a guest on the make room show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a joy having this conversation. Yes. I really enjoyed it until next time, everybody make room for what matters the most.